we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 17th, 2019. Um, the first part of today's study is going to be uh, more of a Bible study, and then we're going to segue into the situation that is continuing to develop in Virginia. Um, the reason that I'm emphasizing that so much is that if that ends up happening, as I've stated many times, that will be most likely the linchpin for civil war, martial law, them getting this, whatever they're planning all of that on the road so this is why I, I think it's something that um we need to look at and pray about and be aware of um, from a watchman standpoint that's what i'm called to do is and warn and there's a lot of stuff going on in virginia right now that is just really you know, almost impossible to comprehend and we're going to get into that very soon but first i'm going to do a the first part of it is biblical resistance to tyranny bible verses regarding defending and protection of your family and the innocent children now i know i've said these verses before but i think it's also good to revisit more of a little bit of a study here on this particular subject uh in context to again what's going on in virginia which I really believe they're beta testing Virginia. And if they can bring whatever they're doing in Virginia, they're going to try this. And they're going to eventually try to implement this in every part of the country. For some reason, they've chosen Virginia. And we're going to be looking at that particular subject as well. Um, but I think it's appropriate to do a Bible study regarding all of this information as well. Um, so kind of we know where we stand biblically. So Psalm 82, verse 1 actually one through four says that God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. Then it says, how long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? And he's asking that question to the mighty. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? And then it says sila, which means basically pause and reflect on what I just said to you. Um, collectively speaking, the lukewarm church in america for the most part 501c3 corporate lukewarm laodicean church has judged unjustly in this particular day and age that we're living in and because they've judged unjustly that is a gigantic reason why we're in the shape that we're in the church collectively has kind of looked the other way while a lot of things have happened that it had the power just in numbers alone much less if you could imagine if they mobilize people to pray and fast you know i had the power to stop roe versus wade from happening and and taking prayer out of schools and a lot of things that happened decades ago but when you give the devil an inch he takes a mile so I think a lot of this started, a lot of what we're seeing in today's day and age and a lot of how it's all coming to a head now, this started decades ago. This started by compromising and I think a lot of it started when the church yoked up with the government with their 501c3 status and the government came along and said, well, we're going to give you your right to exist as a corporate entity with that corporate status. And that leaven came into the church. And leaven, it takes, a, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump. Leaven is always portrayed as a type of sin. And that permeated through the church. 
you know, they were reading a lot of bad Bible versions, a lot of new age types of Bible versions like the NIV, which has 64,098 less words, which is almost 10% of the total text and has, you know, a lady named Virginia Mullencott, who was a rabid lesbian that was on the translation committee, stuff like that. You have all that, you, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to get to it today, but just the stuff that's going on in the church is just, I mean, I, I can't even comprehend it. It's, it's just beyond comprehension. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have time to get to all that today, but I've got quite a bit of information on Joel Osteen and the Pope and um, Paula White, Trump's number one spiritual advisor. We'll see if we can get to that. But because we've collectively judged unjustly and accepted the persons of the wicked, it's a big reason why we're in the shape we're in now. That's where it started. God loves righteous judgment. He hates hypocritical judgment, which is when you're judging um, the speck in your brother's eye when you have a beam in your own. But, you know, the Bible says you know, to judge righteous judgment, judgment. And then if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. These are all New Testament concepts. And then it says, defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. So defending the poor and the fatherless is something, you know, we should seek to do. Doing justice to the afflicted and needy is something we should seek to do. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. So whenever we're put in that position, from a biblical standpoint, we should strive to do these things. Um, going forward, Proverbs 24.10, If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. And man, we've got some serious days of adversity ahead of us. Uh, unless God takes us, you know, takes you home before that happens. But I see the day of adversity coming in America. It, and then it says in the next verse, if thou forbear to deliver them, meaning if you really, if you don't do it, if, if you uh, stall doing it, basically, if you forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth he not know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Now this is in Proverbs, okay? So it's talking about the day of adversity. And it's talking about stalling or not delivering them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain. So if you see the sword come into the city like in Ezekiel and you don't warn them and you don't do anything, you know, then their blood will be upon your hands if you're the watchman that's supposed to warn the city. If thou sayest, Behold, we knew it not, then God says, Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? Meaning this is something that we should, you know, do. And in other words, self-defense of, and particularly I think the, the context here, when you look at Psalm 82, when you look at Proverbs 24, um, they're talking about the poor and the fatherless, to the afflicted, afflicted and the needy, I think. And again, even if it's your... Um, neighbor and you know you see the sword coming this type of stuff 
every situation is different. Nothing's cookie cutter in life, but just some things to think about. Now, protection of our families is part of providing for our families. First Timothy 5.8, but if any provide not for his own. Now the word provide in the context of this verse, uh, if we look at No Webster 1828 Dictionary, which more closely defines the words in the King James Bible um, in the time frame they were written, as, as opposed to if you just get in a modern day dictionary, it may not give you the full meaning. But the No Webster 1828 defines the word provide as to pr procure supplies. Okay, so that would mean, you know, well, procuring supplies. I mean, you, we've talked a lot about, you know, do you have preps for water, long-term food storage, a lot of different scenarios. Now, I understand not, not everybody's in that position where they can do a lot of that. And maybe they're not in a financial position in, in these types of things. So God knows where you're at regarding that situation. So I'm not trying to browbeat anybody and say, oh, you haven't done this. But I'm just saying if you've known about this stuff for years and I've been, you've been listening to me, I've been talking a lot about this since 06 since i've been on air and even before that on my email list i was sending things out and me and you know thousands of other people really well we most of us have been given a heads up regarding there's going to be dark days ahead but anyway provide means to procure supplies or or means of defense or to take measures for counteracting or escaping evil so it can mean has a broad definition procuring supplies means a defense measures for counteracting or escaping evil doesn't always necessarily mean okay you're gonna you know take on the enemy in some kind of firefight type of thing so that's what that means in its full context that word so but if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house meaning your people under your roof your own family he hath denied the faith, meaning denied the faith of Jesus Christ, and is worse than an infidel. In the in the context of the of the word infidel, you're looking at uh, an unbeliever in in Jesus, a or somebody that's, I would also say, would have turned their back on Jesus. Somebody that's faithless, without Christian faith, especially a heathen. Um, that's how it defines the word infidel so it's a pretty serious warning but if any provide not for his own especially those of his own house he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel so again looking at this in context with the other verses i i think that we're we're it's pretty easy to see that you know um we want to take care of our families you know, and I understand that that there's, I probably have a lot of listeners where it's like single parent homes and a lot of times it's the mom and she doesn't even have, you know, a husband and these, and God, but again, God knows your situation. He knows all of our, and again, that's why I don't make blanket statements and say all the things like you've got to have this and you've got to do this. And listen, I don't want to speak on God's behalf. I'll give you the word of God, take it to the Lord in prayer. Interpret it for your particular situation. See how the Holy Spirit convicts you. And go from there. You know. Uh, 
Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Now, modern-day America says um, that children are um, like a curse, and they need to be snuffed out for the most part. Um, I saw something today where they had these uh, candles, and it said um, abortions are magical. And it had a picture of like a unicorn on it, on the candle. Um, and I mean, that's that's the that's what's being presented in the, in the modern day public school systems. They're letting Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood come in and give you know presentations to the kiddies. And I mean, it's so it's so wicked, warped, and twisted, and, and disgusting what's going on in the world in general with the school system with it's just it gets worse by the day and god's only going to put up with this for so long you know he only got to a point where he could put up with so much from sodom and gomorrah before he wiped it out and probably the only thing that's really preventing that is the bible believing remnant that's here you know and, and the innocent the, the innocent children and babies and things of this nature and innocent you know whoever innocence is um, but the Bible says, lo, children are in heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Hebrews eleven twenty three says by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the King's commandment. So even though the King had commanded, you know, you turn over your firstborn, you know, your, your male child here, we're going to kill him. No, they weren't gonna. They weren't gonna go along with whatever the government was saying. Is the point to that verse? Because they knew it was unrighteous. They knew it against the what is against the word of God, and that's what I would tell all my listeners. You know, you seek something clearly against the Bible or the word of God. You do what the word of God says. You want to make sure you're right with God, because the government's only getting more corrupt and wicked by the day. I'm not saying every aspect of the government is wicked and corrupt, and there's no but it's moving it's moving toward that and trump's doing nothing to stop it there there's a lot of apologists for him out there and you know the sean hannity's of the world and the, the false prophets mark taylor and jonathan conjob and these types and, and a lot of the people in um, you know public ministry and in have their big televangelist stuff you know but their god is mammon their god is money and, um, you know, they're wolves in sheep's clothing. And again, I've done more exposing Trump in the last, you know, since, particularly since the end of February. And you can go back and reference those if you're not aware of what I'm talking about here. Um, Proverbs 14.25, a true witness delivers souls. Now, Really, delivering souls would, would, would really be more in the context, I believe, of soul winning, you know. Um, because that's how you deliver a soul. You can deliver their physical body, but they're, but then they could die, and then their soul goes to hell. So what, you know, in that regard, what good have you really done? Uh, that's why I like to put out tracks wherever I go. Because you never know who's going to pick up a track, you know. And I really, you know, more and more, I've really been using that track that, we have on the website the the front page of of the website and i don't get anything a listener actually made that track for me i just think it's really good 
Um, let me just get that real quick. Because it's comprehensive and it, it's attention getting, it has a real attention getting cover, and it's the 18 future events guaranteed to come to pass. It's, and it's all pretty much Bible. Okay? 18 different things, which a lot of times, you know, they're going to look at them and they're like, yeah, that's happening, that's happening, and now more than ever. And um, that track's becoming more true by the day. So I think that could be a tremendous witnessing tool. Um, gas stations are a great place. They have those little signs a lot of times on the top of the gas pumps, and there's little slots. You can just slide them right in there. You can order that track that, that I got there. And I think you have to order like a 1,000. And again, I have nothing to do with that. It's the, the company that puts those out. But um, I don't know. Maybe you can order 500. I don't know. What, whatever deal they've got. But it's a really good deal. And you could go in with friends if you knew and, and buy it and, and uh, split it. And it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg. It's, um, I like the Chick Tracks, too. They're, they're quite a bit more expensive per track. Um, but they've got some really good ones as well. Anyway, a true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. So see, that's really the main thing when we're talking about Virginia, we're talking about the coming New World Order, we're talking about the walls closing in. I always want to bring it back to that. Because that's what it really boils back down to. Because, I mean, I cover, like, the most horrific current events, and it seems like every study gets a little more horrific. But the reality is, the, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And that's why the fear of the Lord is so important. One of the many reasons. There's more blessings connected with the fear of the Lord than any other thing that the Bible talks about that I can identify. You look at fear of the Lord in context of Psalms, you, in the Old Testament in particular, and in Proverbs, and I mean, there's just so many blessings connected with the fear of the Lord. You know, the beginning of wisdom is, you know, um, the beginning of understanding, the beginning of knowledge and wisdom, they're all connected with the fear of the Lord. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. It's another verse where you want to appropriate angelic protection, well, if you have no fear of God, you're not going to appropriate angelic protection, most likely. Or you're really, really shooting yourself in the foot. And again, you're like, well, I don't really fear God. I mean, well, then you need to pray for that. You need to read the Bible more. Um, because if you read the Bible, and honestly, I get way more fear of God reading the New Testament than I do the Old. Um, to be quite honest. And um, that's something you need to do. Because you can develop that. You can pray for it. With the fear of the Lord always comes humility. Because when you have the fear of the Lord, you'll always be humble before God. They're always connected. So, again, I've talked about that a lot in times past. Anyway, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. So, if you as a mom or a dad or, or a family, a mom and a dad, you have fear of the Lord. There's a lot of blessings that will come down to your children as a result of that. And I think that God will enlighten those that have the fear of the Lord more than any other demographic of Christians. Um, Hosea 4.6, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And then it goes on to say, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And then also your children. Because you rejected knowledge. But who does God show knowledge to? 
Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. So if you have no fear of God, and I honestly think that's why the, a big gigantic reason why the church is in the state it's in, because they're just thought, well, God's just this heavenly bellhop and the big guy in the sky and, you know, we need to go to him and ask for all the goodies and all the stuff, but he's no, he's no one to be feared. He's our buddy. No, I'm not saying he's not your friend. I'm not saying he can't be a friend closer than a brother, but I'm talking about you need to have everything in the proper context and in the proper order. To me, the fear of the Lord is really the, the bedrock foundation of our relationship with God and humility. When you get saved, you have to humble yourself before God. You can't go to God prideful and say, yeah, I'll, I'll do you a favor, God, and I'll get saved or whatever. Trust in Jesus Christ, my Lord. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So all of this is connected. I'm telling you, all of this about God, you want God's protection. You want, you want a place of refuge. You want strong confidence. All of it's connected with fear of the Lord and humility before God. And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So see, I wanted to preference everything we're going to be talking about today with this. Because no matter what I say today, no matter what clip I play, no matter what audio I play, always, you might want to print out this, these verses. You might want to print out this little section. Actually, I'm going to give you some audios if you want to listen to them too. You, obviously, it's not going to help you to print out audios because you have to listen to those. But um, these are good ones to you know, print out and maybe have in your Bible. I have for the last 20 years went through and I, in fact, I just streamlined these verses and God will kind of convict me about, okay, these verses and, and I'll be reading and then more verses will pop in my head and then I'll go look those up online and then put them in. And I've, I try to have a lot of different, um, things from a biblical standpoint, subjects where it's like, in fact, I've got a gigantic file that has just all of these subjects and all it is is Bible. There's no commentary at all. Maybe it's tiny, tiny bits of commentary. But it's just Bible verse, like regarding, I don't know, fear the Lord, regarding um, reproving the works of darkness, regarding um, persecution, regard, you know. So if you ever want that, just email me and I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but it's, it's kind of like ongoing and I've been working on it for, I don't know, but I don't know if it's been 20 years, 15 years. I don't know. Anyway, um, Proverbs 31, eight says, open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. Now that word dumb from strongs means somebody that is, um, mute, silent, dumb unable to speak now that could also mean a child a little child or an unborn child or an infant um you know somebody that's, that doesn't have a voice that that could mean a widow or an orphan that doesn't have a way to plead for justice i think i mean unable to speak they may be able to speak but they're not able to actually their words are not going to have any impact because they don't have the platform, potentially. So, open the mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointed to destruction. 
open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. And again, the poor and the needy, that could mean somebody that, yeah, they could speak, but they don't have the platform. If, if they open their mouth, nothing's going to happen. So if you have that platform yourself, then, you know. And that this is all, like, I, I think connected with um, defending the fatherless and, and the widows and the orphans and things of this nature. Now, going further, regarding the subject of, of biblical self-defense, this is an excellent sermon. It's called God and Guns. I'll give you the link there. I'm, I'm just going to repost some of this information that I've posted in the past. And then also, Pastor John Weaver has a two-part Bible study called The Biblical Doctrine of Self-Defense. If you're only going to listen to one thing, I'd listen to that. Amazing preacher. Pastor John Weaver. I've met him personally. Uh, love the man. The Biblical Doctrine of Self-Defense. Uh, and then another sermon which is entitled, Know When to Draw Your Sword. A biblical man needs to know when to draw a sword to protect his family, his possessions, and himself. There's a link to that. And then my study, which End Time Preparedness Prepper Mega Study was part two. And the um, first part was when the music stops, how American cities may explode in violence. Now, you would really want to listen to the part one of that because that would segue into that. But then I, the last part of it is biblical resistance to tyranny. Okay, where we talk about a lot of stuff we just talked about just now and then the last part here is a bible believer responds to john piper a preacher john piper's call for christians to not be armed at, at all because there are um among christians the pacifist sect of christians that say don't be armed at all well it's like okay well then when you know let's say the muslim hordes are coming in and they're kicking in your door and you're just going to go there and curl up in a corner and let him rape and kill your family you're telling me that's biblical and rape your family come on really seriously i had a friend like that he was he said yeah if they come i'm, I'm just gonna lay down and you know do nothing i'm, I'm gonna just curl up in a ball and <laughs> i won't mention any names but it was a long time ago and i thought wow really really wasn't that long after that we parted ways i i i think i think god honestly too i really do think god brings people in your life a lot of times for a season for a reason and maybe only god understands that maybe a lot of times you'll reflect on it later and you'll say well man i can't believe that we're not friends anymore we we, we kind of split apart and you know this type of stuff now, granted, if, if you were the one in the wrong and, or whatever, you might want to go, you know, think about reconciling. But a lot of times, some of these things, the reconciliation isn't possible. It's just not. And I, I truly believe God can do and make those things happen where reconciliation kind of isn't possible. It doesn't mean you don't forgive them because we always are commanded to forgive. But it's just reconciliation isn't going to happen. Not going to happen. Well, he may have just had that person or persons in your life for a reason for a season essentially and later you'll you'll say you'll kind of look back on i can do that over and over and over in my life where i reflect on I'm like ah they were in my life so i could learn this lesson they were in my life to help me out at this particular time god was using them but then god saw that if they continued to be in my life things weren't going to end well 
I, I can see it over and over in my life now. So, anyway, I kind of got off track there. Anyway, going further. Now, what the Bible says about trusting in the sword. So, in context with the biblical materials we've just covered, like things like guns, knives, weapons are mere tools, and none of these things can guarantee protection any more than owning a fire extinguisher guarantees that your house won't burn down. And it can guarantee that your fire which is you know ridiculous thought so let's just look at these bible verses psalm 44 verse 5 through 8 says uh through we we will through thee meaning god we will push down our enemies through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us for i will not trust in my bow neither shall my sword save me but thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us in God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever, Selah. So, we're never to trust in whatever weaponry we might have. Okay? Um, we want to always trust in the Lord and boast in God and praise his name. Okay? And what we were talking about before with those Bible verses that I covered where in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge in the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So those are the, that's what we really want to think about. We see in Nehemiah 4, 13 and 14 that people were armed and willing to use their weapons, but they were also trusting in the Lord. So see, it, it doesn't have to just be all one way or all of another. You know what I mean? You can you can have these things, okay? But you always want to make sure that your your trust isn't in the things; it's in the Lord. So let's just read those Nehemiah uh, four thirteen, which where they were they were uh, they were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and they were really on guard, and they had all of these other um, different uh, people that were trying to thwart the work of God to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah 4.13 says, Therefore I set, set I in the lower places behind the wall and on the higher places. I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So they were behind the wall and in the higher places. He had a watch of uh, like watchmen that were there um, in the lower places behind the wall and in the higher places. So they were there with their swords and their spears and their bows. Next verse, and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not afraid of them, meaning be not afraid of the people that may come to try to attack us, essentially. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. But above all, be not afraid of them and remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. Okay, through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. You know, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in condemnation, thou will condemn. God will condemn, essentially. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. It says it's our heritage, that no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. 
those are the Bible verses that you need to be quoting when you're in these situations. Now, like I would love to actually do that. Like we talked a lot about recently on these things going on in Syria where these Anunnaki are literally manifesting. I've talked about this a lot, a lot in the last two to three years. It's happening more often. They're coming back to the earth. And um, in that particular case, I don't believe any weapon that you're going to use is, is going to work other than the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and trusting in God and fearing God and in, in, you know, that's the situation personally I'd like to be in. Now I know you could say that, you know, you'd be, we'll see if you get there. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We will, <laughs> we will, <laughs> you know, but I've got, I've got to try, I mean, to get to that point, you have to totally, totally trust in the Lord. I just want to see God get maximum glory. I want, to, I want to see the Lord Jesus Christ get maximum glory and the maximum amount of people get saved as a result of Christians actually engaging pure evil like these Anunnaki, the Nephilim, that are coming back. The Bible says, you know, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. I just, I'm telling you, as evil increases, we're going to start seeing more and more of these things come out of the shadows because they're going to have more and more of a right to be here. you know cern's creating all these portals and doorways and things of this nature that's letting evil in i mean it's it's creating dark matter which we've talked about that in the past um so then it says do not put your trust in weapons they are tools that are useful but they're only dead inanimate tools at the end of the day psalm 33 16 through uh let's see through 22 there is no king saved by the multitude of an host, meaning a host of a host in battle, like like a, a giant army. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Now, a horse back in that day was probably the fastest thing, you know, that could get you out of a situation. If you think about it, I mean, what, what was going to be faster? I mean, I don't think they have saddles for cheetahs. I know cheetahs are technically faster at short distances, but long distances, they couldn't beat a horse and a cheetah can't support the weight of a grown man. Sorry, a little humor there, but they are a little faster. Anyway, um, so, uh, and horse is a vain thing. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. There we go again. Upon them that hope in his mercy. So that also implies faith because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God and faith cometh through hearing and hearing by the word of God. So hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, that builds up faith, but make sure you're reading the right word of God, you know, in the King James Bible. So behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy and again, that implies faith. In order to hope in his mercy, you have to have faith to believe that he is merciful and that he can protect you. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Well, that has a lot of context to probably what we're going to be moving into. <laughs> to delivering your soul from death and to keep you alive in famine. Because I'm telling you, they're, they're, gonna, they're using food as a weapon. Food prices are going up. I really believe in 2020, we're going to just see more and more of what we're seeing in 2019, but it's probably going to go to a whole other level because we've had 
a horrible season this year. They're predicting another horrible season next year. They're doing all this stuff by design, on purpose, through all the weather warfare. And I don't see it getting any better. And famine has always been used as a tool to control the masses. But the Bible says here to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Next verse, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So, it's pretty self-explanatory there. Waiting on God, he is our help, he is our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Amen. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. So, the you know the the context of this verse also is a very humble type of context you know let thy mercy o lord be upon us according as we hope in thee it's almost going before him as a little child you know which you know the you the the one one of the few times god ever said he was pleased with someone in the bible was when solomon went to the lord and he says i am as but a little child i know not whether to go out or come in apart from thee Give me your wisdom in order to counsel this great multitude of people. I'm paraphrasing. Okay. But that pleased God. And not only did he give him more wisdom than anybody had had up to that point in time in history. But um, he also gave him the great. He was also the richest man that probably ever lived. Ever. Now I know he got into some really bad stuff probably as a result of the riches and get being given that but I, I do believe in the end he got back on on track there's bible to indicate that and that's a whole other study but um and then we have the last few verses here um first samuel 17 45 through 47 now this is when goliath was coming out and david was going out to meet goliath okay before they're very brief battle <laughs> praise god then david said to the philistine meaning goliath the giant the nephilim okay thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield but i and he went out there he didn't even have any armor on he just had like essentially a sling and five stones you know one stone for goliath and four for his brothers or his relatives that's why he picked up five smooth stones because he had four other whether they were his brothers or relatives you know four other nephilim thou comest to me with the sword and with the spear and with the shield but i come to thee in the name of the lord of hosts the god of the armies of israel whom thou hast defied shouldn't we be like this i mean i'm just saying david did it why can't we do it I don't know. I just, the Bible says that, that, you know, the Bible talks about in Daniel where it says that, you know, they're, here, I'll, I'll find that verse. Okay, so this is right after the abomination of desolation is committed, which is Daniel 11.31. Okay, so midpoint of the tribulation, seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist goes into the temple, the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and commits the abomination of desolation, proclaiming himself to be God in the Holy of Holies. Okay. And then the next verse says, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, meaning the Antichrist. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Yeah, 
Amen. So, I, you know, this is the, this is an exploit we're talking about here. When David went against Goliath. Okay. And then he goes on to say, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. See, it was David wanting everyone to know, I think it wasn't David, it was God did this. The God of Israel did this. You know, and your blasphemy against God, God wasn't going to abide it anymore. He just needed a man that was going to go in there and not fear man, but fear God and have righteous indignation over this wickedness that this devil Goliath kept saying all the time. He was defying everybody probably day and night. So he used David. Well, God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. Next verse, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. See? God doesn't save with sword and spear. That doesn't mean that sword and spear have never been used by God in order to enact his righteous judgment or, to, or in order to defend his people. You can't put God in a box. He's not cookie cutter. He doesn't, you know, there's a lot of different scenarios you could put out in the Bible. Well, God used uh, this particular scenario this way, this, this, this way. They were all of God. He just, he uses different ways for different situations. But let me just repeat the last verse. And this, and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands, which is what happened even after he slew Goliath. The Philistines were given into the Israel's hands. So. Anyway, we set all that to finally get us to the point where we're going to start covering this um, situation in Virginia. So we're going to segue into that now. The first report is Fairfax County, Virginia, Second Amendment Sanctuary County speech from a law enforcement officer. Uh, and this is regarding civil war. So this just happened. Um, this was, um, well, it was put up on December 5th. So about 11 days ago here. Let's go ahead and play this. Ma'am, please begin. Forward. My name is Ben Joseph Woods. I came here to uh, Fairfax County, originally from southwestern Virginia. Uh, I was a graduate of Southern Virginia University. Since 2003, I've been in the public service or in the military. I served in the Army on active duty, served in the Marine Corps on active duty, and I'm now a major in the Marine Corps Reserves. I'm also a federal law enforcement officer stationed here. With all of that said, I would like to caveat anything that I'm saying is not uh, an official statement. <laughs> I want to address to the board a little bit of a darker topic here that most people have been unwilling to talk about. Virginia is at a boiling point. It's not just gun laws, and it's not climate change, and it's not any one particular thing, but it is true that we are very, very polarized right now as a society. I think we can all agree on that, correct? Yeah. The problem is that as we are polarized, we have two groups of people who fundamentally believe the same things about justice and about rights, 
And yet, both of those groups, they tend to conveniently forget their fundamental beliefs about people's rights when it suits them. And that happens on both sides. So the legislature, as several speakers have said before, have a number of gun bills that they have pre-filed and intend to vote on. These bills have been called reasonable by their advocates, and they've been called draconian or unconstitutional or any number of things by their opponents. I'm not going to address the bills themselves. What I would like to address is the fact that at this point, so many people believe that these are unconstitutional or draconian that you have, as of last night, 30 state, 30 counties in this state which have voted themselves either through resolutions or through actual county ordinances to be Second Amendment sanctuary counties. The ugly truth of our situation is that that is just scratching the surface of what is happening. I work plainclothes law enforcement. I walk around without a uniform. People don't see my badge. People don't see my gun. And I can tell you, people are angry. And I am frightened to the point that I am looking at moving my wife and child, my child-to-be, March, um, my wife and child out of the state if these bills pass. The reason is because my fellow law enforcement officers I've heard on more than one occasion tell me that they would not enforce these bills regardless of whether they believe in them ideologically because they believe that there are so many people angry in gun shops, gun shows, at bars, we have heard it now. People talking about tar and feathering politicians in a less than joking manner. People talking about fighting with violence over their concern with Senate Bill 16 and Senate Bill 64. That is a terrifying prospect, and I have never seen people willing to speak about something like that publicly. That said, as a law enforcement officer, I empathize with concerns people have over gun violence, and it has touched my family very closely, as my wife Jennifer is a graduate of Columbine High School. I will not go into her personal relationships with the people that she lost, but years and years later now, she still looks at that event with terror. Now, this is the mass shooting at Columbine High School, I believe in Colorado, that took place a long time ago, where most likely two MK Ultra Mind Control uh, slaves were triggered and um, went in there and shot up the school. That was really one of the main one of the first main school shootings that kind of got the modern day school shooting thing started where, you know, you always had these gun free zones. And at the same time finds herself being extraordinarily pro gun. My wife is a scientist. She is an astrophysicist. She's much smarter than I am, but not smart enough to know she shouldn't have married me. <laughs> she constantly reminds me that we must, as a society, let reason rule emotions when we are making laws and when we are enforcing... The problem is, is whenever, when more and more and larger sects of the society are demon-possessed to the toenails, 
reason's not going to rule anything and those that are most demon possessed unfortunately are gravitating to the highest echelons of government in the state governments and probably to a certain extent in the local governments and obviously in high political office so when you've got that dynamic going on your reason isn't going to rule anything we would need to get back to biblical principles um for any kind of real relevant change to happen and and i don't see that happening unfortunately emotion should come into play when we are granting mercy but not when we are trying to decide who we are going to crucify then your your red light has been on for some time if you could just please sum up yes ma'am um the Attorney General was asked recently whether or not Second Amendment sanctuary statutes or resolutions were legal. And his response in his statement that he just released was that the legal precedent we would set by allowing communities to selectively ignore those laws at will is alarming and indicative of the same mindset that nearly 150 years ago led this country to dissolve into a civil war. I have corrected his statement to reflect where we truly are sitting today. What his statement should have said is that the legal precedent we would set by allowing the legislature to selectively ignore enumerated rights at will is the same mindset that 150 years ago led this country into a civil war. I encourage all of you... Please come together. Thank you for your testimony. Thank you very much for your testimony. Okay, so um, we have that. Now, one of the comments read below it, a guy named Philip, Philip Perkins said, I saw a meme yesterday that said, quote, Why would elements of the government seek to disarm you after 243 years unless they wanted to do something you might shoot them for? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why they want to disarm the American populace because they know the plans they have for the American populace and particularly the conservatives and the Bible believers and the pro-Second Amendment and the pro-Constitution and the, the pro-righteous types of people, returning veterans, and they don't want you to be armed. They want this to be a one-sided battle and that's what they're striving to uh, to implement right now and that's the 100 percent the reason that they're trying because they want a mass slaughter and they don't they want as the least amount of resistance as possible next report national guard to be deployed against virginia second amendment sanctuaries so look at this subject here everyone freedom at valor ridge i just recently read an article from bearingarms.com the synopsis of the entire article is that you have state representative in Virginia who has threatened to deploy the National Guard against communities that have adopted Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions. That includes county and municipalities. This is a threat. Now, you have to understand what we're talking about here, as far as I know, in totality, what we're looking at today. Never in the history of our country has this ever been, as far as I know, discussed on such a mass scale. On The, the rhetoric is just ratcheting up almost every single day on this the corrupt wicked politicians that are trying to disarm virginia are not backing down they're getting their rhetoric rhetoric is ratcheting up and then the people on the right their rhetoric is ratcheting up i don't see this 
and and we know that they're going to vote on this in early january and it's a foregone conclusion they're going to vote to affirm all of these draconian resolutions and then it sure looks like they're going to try to go in and um, implement the enforcement of them so i've never seen anything like this ever in the history of this country from an elected official against the citizens of that state using military force and might and equipment that you pay for with your own taxes to disarm you of your second amendment right recognized in the constitution and guaranteed by god and given by god now we've got a major problem here because now you have threats and they're not veiled they're direct threats i believe that when representatives do this they cross the line this isn't just against the citizens of virginia this is against the citizens of the united states of america and if you think people in bell county kentucky or Claiborne County, Tennessee, or Lee County, Virginia, are going to tolerate that kind of stuff from happening, you are sorely mistaken. This is no different than General Gage deploying his troops at Lexington and Concord. We're going to disarm you, and we're going to use the military to do it. Tell me what the difference is. One is a decree. It's a decree by Parliament. It's a decree by the Virginia legislature. And if this legislation was so popular, if this legislation was so uh, needed, then why have over 80 counties and municipalities adopted Second Amendment resolutions? Go look at the map. I'll even put a link to Gun Rights Watch, and you can see all the counties there that have adopted such resolutions. There's only 90-something counties in Virginia, and over 80 of them already have adopted Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions. So popularity is not on their side. So in short, what you've got are representatives advocating for up-armored Humvees, APCs, fully automatic weapons rolling right there on Wilderness Road. That's not going to be tolerated. It's not going to be tolerated by law enforcement in this community. It's not going to be tolerated by the citizens in this community. And I want to know if that state representative or the governor of Virginia himself will be at the head of that column. Will they be the one leading that assault? We are living in times where you may not have thought it would ever happen in your lifetime, yet here we are looking tyranny right in the face. We're looking at it just like our ancestors did. And having ancestors that fought right there in Virginia in the Revolutionary War, and not only the militia but the Continental Army, I can tell you straightforward that uh, my ancestors were willing to fight for that soil once, and uh, I'm more than willing, more than willing, uh, to assist the citizens of Virginia when the time should come. This reading here is of Valor Ridge reminding you, the lessons that we learn are written on the tombstones of others. We'll see you on the ridge. Okay, and that, that guy's got a big audience, Reed Hendricks. I really like his videos. They're, they're uh, typically very succinct, short, to the point. He's very articulate. And um, he, I think he's right on the money, what he's talking about here. Now, I'm, I'm looking at some of these comments, and uh, one of them says, after reading many of the comments, I see no one is mentioning the fact that if this actually happens, every state in the union is watching, waiting to see the outcome. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. If the state is victorious, everyone else will be in the same boat. Uh, meaning, if they're allowed to go in there and implement all these draconian gun laws and, and disarm people i mean if you, you talk about it that that's it guys that, that's when it starts that's going to be martial law bloodbath time because there's going to be huge swaths of people that will not comply regarding this and they're not backing down northrum that baby butchering devil is not backing down in fact he's ratcheting up the rhetoric and i'm going to go over this is the same guy that that is saying that you that was interviewed and, and we've heard the interviews where he said well you know the the baby would be delivered third 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 trimester abortion no this is post birth this is after you've given birth to the baby then you want to decide you want to kill it 
well, then, you know, we will we, we'll even resuscitate. We'll keep the baby comfortable. Um, and then a, a decision can be made on whether we're going to um, kill the baby, essentially. They, I mean, it's right on. I just listened to it the other day again. I mean, this guy is, is an absolute, total, guaranteed Luciferian Satanist. And we're, and we're getting this morality lesson from this devil coming under the cloak of morality like he's some, you know, bastion of, of righteousness when the exact opposite is true. He's the one at the spear tip of all of this. So um, this go comment goes on to say, so heads up people, when this starts, every other state capital better be surrounded by rifles as well in a show of force that will drive home the point that if they try anything, we are all ready. It's not just Virginia on the line here. So it better be the people of Virginia that are the victors. Now, I just, I'm saying a lot of these to give you the tone and the mindset of a lot of the people that are, are looking at this. Uh, then there's another comment that said, attention Virginia residents, please sign the petition to recall Governor Northam at, and I give you the link here. So I'll, I'll put it in the PDF there so you can, um, virginiaconservatives.net. They evidently have a, a um, petition. I'll, I'll give you the petition or you can go right to virginiaconservatives.net and um, you can see that. Because th this guy this guy is total a total demon-possessed vessel of Satan. I mean, he is absolutely out of his Satan, demon-possessed mind. And, I mean, I know he loves Satan. I understand that. I know he's trying to serve his master, Satan. I, I know that, you know, he loves to drink babies' blood and kill babies. I get that, Mr. Northam. I, I understand that. But in the name of Jesus Christ, I, I, I pray to God, in the name of Jesus Christ, you're not able to uh, foist this on, on the American populace. Um, you know, I, I pray God hedge this devil's whip with thorns and every single devil, demon, evil entity, fallen angel or fallen cherub and any other human or non-human entity working with this devil because it's pure evil. Okay, so moving on here, next video. And again, I, I'm playing multiple audio clips so you can, again, get more of a flavor of like the broad spectrum of what I'm hearing about this right now from multiple different sources that are unrelated. This one is Patriot Nurse, Virginia Gun Sanctuary Showdown. Um, so we'll go ahead and roll this. So what gets me going this morning is looking at the news, of course, and seeing the Attorney General, who made a lovely proclamation from a mosque, no less, that uh, it would be the... Oh, I didn't know it was from a mosque. How appropriate. You you let those, those uh, you know, pedophilic, baby-raping devil muslims come in and i'm not saying they're all that way but the people that are being true to islam they are okay they, they are commanded to behead and slay the infidel according to their own unholy book called the quran and it, all an infidel is is an unbeliever in islam according to them but he's gonna i mean again their evil is aligning itself with evil and it's becoming easier and easier to identify when somebody's speaking from a platform of evil and for the most part, most politicians now that you look at at any kind of higher level, they're just absolutely coming from the angle of, I am of Satan, I am of my father the devil, and I'm going to speak on his behalf. And this is what we're seeing more and more. ...of all Virginia counties, cities, etc., to enforce whatever gun laws that he and his little lackeys in Richmond and infected blue areas from the Beltway decide to get passed. Friends, the Sanctuary County Initiative, of course, is happening all over the nation, not just in Virginia, Old Dominion, but also in Illinois, of course, in many places out west. 
Friends, the gun sanctuary county movement is important for us to pay attention to, but perhaps for many different reasons and some you may not have considered, so I want to cover them with you. Virginia is real close to me, uh, having family members that serve not only in the Virginia House of Burgesses, but also constables in Withful, and ultimately a uh, family member of my ninth great-grandfather lived in Jamestown and participated in Bacon's Rebellion. So um, this is near and dear to my heart, you know, and I'm sure many of y'all are watching this out there too. But the reason why we should pay attention to this is many faceted. The first is that I don't know about y'all, but for the past decade at a minimum, every day that I wake up, it's like taking a dive in a toilet bowl because I'm looking at all this nonsense that's getting passed where freedom-loving, constitutional-minded, law-abiding people are getting hit in the face every day. We have more of our stuff taken away, more of our rights given away. More and more of it either legislated away or voted away by constituencies which don't represent us. And I'm sorry when you have a nation infected with illegal immigrants, many of whom are voting, I would not call that legitimate representation. Because when you have the snowball effect of more and more people voting to take away the stuff, the property, the time, the labor, and the rights of people like me, law-abiding citizens, it gets a little hard to swallow. So this Gun Sanctuary County Initiative is a long overdue pushback against these cowards and these spoiled children in the city-states that run our nation, whether it's Richmond or Chicago, Sacramento, go right on down the list. So we need to pay attention to Virginia for a few different reasons. The first is Virginia has been, in both revolutions in the United States, the American Revolution and the War for Southern Independence, Virginia has been a very critical component to the overall timeline of the series of events here. When I look, and there are 42 counties, I think eight more are voting on it today, 42 counties that are pushing back against this proposed legislation that would come down in January once Virginia's little legislature gets in there. Hopefully they'll recall this, y'all. There's still a chance they will, but I'm not putting my chips down on it. When you've got the governor and the attorney general saying that they're going, it's going to be enforced, you're not going to posture against us. I look at that as a direct threat. Okay? And these are my neighbors we're talking about here. These are my neighbors. And friends in Virginia who are watching this, consider this too, you know, that they are posturing against you. Thankfully, a lot of the sheriffs in these counties that have passed these initiatives are standing up against this. And in Tazewell County, they've passed a militia ordinance, which is what I would like to see more of. But friends, we have to understand something. This is words on paper. Words on paper. I want you to consider that in a, an atmosphere of lawlessness, where you have anarchy from the top down, and when you have lawlessness and disregard for the law, the basic rights of citizens, the Constitution, from the top down, they are illegitimate. So when you have legitimate assertions of power. What is the role of government to protect the rights of the citizens? So when you have these gun sanctuary county movements that are happening and you've got the sheriffs making statements that they will defend the rights of the, of the citizens against any institution of government that would come against them. We do need to recognize that this is good, this is laudable, and it's way overdue, but it's words on paper, friends. It is no different than a temporary written contract between you and an armed criminal. Criminal meets you in an alleyway. Give me your stuff. You say, oh no, oh no, it's not the right thing for us to do here. It's not the right thing for you to take my property. Please sign this contract saying you won't take my property. He may play ball with you for a few minutes, but I want you to consider the frailty of that contract. Criminal who has force, intent, power, and ability writes down, I will not attack you and take your stuff. The second that that alleyway becomes clear, what do you think he's going to do with that piece of paper he just signed? 
crumple, crumple, crumple. Force is the only thing that preserves our freedoms throughout history. It's the only thing that preserves our rights. Your rights do not exist on paper. Your rights do not exist in the Bill of Rights. Your rights are not safeguarded by any institution other than yourself and your ability to defend it. So, in these gun sanctuary counties, amongst the sheriffs and the law-abiding people who have righteously pushed for these, I salute you and I commend you. But I would submit that that's not where we need to stop. We need to be pushing forward momentum-wise on this. When you consider, also, the words in the bill submitted by Virginia Senator Louise Lucas, which I believe it's Senate Bill 64, I'll put a link to it in the description box below, which effectively outlaws the militia, outlaws self-defense training, outlaws mutual defense groups. You need to pay attention to this and the timing of this. These people know what is coming. They're not stupid. They and all the little big tech minions have collated all the data from all the conversations they can get their hands on. They know the mood, okay? And they're engaging right now in a game of chicken. And so friends, to my friends, my fellow citizens, my countrymen, especially in Virginia, let us not stop at words on paper. Let us be active in training and being willing to take a day off, an hour off, even if it's just to do dry practice, to do something to hone your skills. Because words on paper do not safeguard your rights. Your ability to defend yourself and to defend those rights is the only thing throughout history that has done so. If you What she's a reference to their dry practice is dry firing, I believe, when you, you're using... You're practicing with the weapon that you have, a firearm in this particular case, and you are <clears throat> without any bullets. And um, you can still practice that way. You're not going to get the full effect, but that's, I think, what she's in reference to there. Drill to do, the 107 drill. I'll put a link up here. Look here. Wee! Follow the little video. This is not a joke. This is the nature of human history. When in the course of human events... When the government becomes destructive to the rights of those people. Words on paper are words on paper. 50 rounds a year qualifying for the department folks who are watching me, sheriff's deputies. Y'all know, y'all know that those 50 rounds a year that you get to qualify on is not going to be enough if you're honest with yourself. I am not, I'm not calling into question people's character or people's courage, but let us be real. 50 rounds a year is not enough. We need to be diligent at this point because words on paper are only safeguarded with our willingness to use force to protect them. That's what I got for y'all. Hope it was helpful for you. If you enjoyed the video, I hope you'll subscribe to me here on YouTube. You can also support me on Patreon. So we have that. I'm just, and again, I'm trying to give you, give you the kind of the flavor of where people's mindsets are. Um, here's some more Civil War current event headlines. Poll. 70% of Americans believe the country is on the edge of civil war. Uh, next report. Baby butchering Vir Virginia government, Governor Northrum building a kill list of patriots to exterminate. Calls it mandatory gun registration. And that's what mandatory gun registration is. Registration always precedes confiscation, always precedes annihilation. Because once they can get you to register your gun, they know where you're at and they know what you got. And then I'll, that always precedes the, the confiscation and the annihilation, typically at the same time. Insider source for services to update the threat assessment to the American people. Uh, he says, I am not supportive of a civil war, but the civil war is going to be forced upon us and our military will be split with what is coming. 
Another one, Gerald Salenti just issued a dire prediction in 2020, the homeless population in, in a county, state, city, town, or village near you will rapidly increase. And I think there's many factors in that, but with this food shortage that we're seeing, they're creating by design on purpose, and then you have the, the whole grand solar minimum thing happening, which makes it worse. Well, just from that standpoint alone, that seems plausible. Another one, new Kentucky bill, assault weapons ban and magazine ban. And then another one, total gun ban, Georgia bill proposed, SB 281. So this is happening in a lot of other states. They're trying to, remember, this is the last thing that they've got to do in order to fully implement New World Order, and that's disarm America. This is, this is the linchpin for all that to happen. Um, and you can look at throughout history, it's always been the case since they've been had modern day firearms at least this next report attorney general's response to a second amendment sanctuary resolutions gun safety laws will be followed virginia attorney general mark heron has responded to the trend of virginia counties passing second amendment sanctuary resolutions ahead of next year's general assembly saying that they are being ginned up by the gun lobby oh yeah like there's nothing going on here nothing to see we're just all overreacting no they're liars and they're just trying to you know get us to lay down and lower our guard and, and say and do nothing about it and again, when you do that from a Kabbalistic principle, from an Illuminati Luciferian principle, that shows the Illuminati and gives them the green light to further implement more draconian legislation. And then he goes on to saying that any new gun laws passed will be enforced. This is what they're voting on at the start of the year. And this is all the draconian stuff. So, following the November November's election, which saw Democrats take control of both the House and the Senate, the expectation is lawmakers will pass a number of gun control measures in 2020 for the Democratic governor, Ralph Northam, to sign. And again, where's Trump on all this? Where's the defender of our rights? Where, where's the, where's the, the guy that said, you know, you'll have no stronger ever defender of the Second Amendment in public office? I played the clip recently. I will never fail you. you, you your, your days of worrying about having your Second Amendment taken away are over. We're seeing more stuff under his term than we've ever seen under Obama or any other devil president. Strangely silent, the old Trumpster is. Imagine that. Maybe because he's on Team Evil, just like I've been saying, and it's just two sides of the same wicked coin. Northam has said that Democrats would start with legislation he introduced for a special session on gun control this past summer. In response to this expectation, Republican-leaning counties around Virginia have passed resolutions declaring themselves to be Second Amendment sanctuaries and have voiced opposition to any future laws that may infringe upon Second Amendment rights. Next report. Virginia governor, this baby-butchering devil, Luciferian, satanic, blood-drinking devil, Virginia governor reportedly orders plans to cut electricity, phones, and internet for gun confiscations. The governor of Virginia has allegedly ordered a small cadre of staffers to begin the process for determining how to cut off electricity, telephones, faxes, cell phones, and data, as well as the internet in areas where he plans to send Virginia National Guard troops to forcibly seize guns when the Democratic legislature convenes in January. Now, again, if, if, if you're going to do this, which it appears they're going to do, at least that's, their, that's the, the um, course they're on, they're not backing down any. Neither is, this, neither is the other side. 
Well, of course, this is what you're going to do. You're going to you're going to cut off all lines of communications. We've talked about that a lot recently, and you're going to do it ahead of time before you go into an area, and you're probably going to take the grid down totally. The order was allegedly given to a very small and trusted group of staffers, some of whom, it turns out, do not agree at all with this idea. So, put simply, the Democrats of Virginia want to confiscate uh, certain privately and lawfully owned firearms. Take them by force if they have to and forbid their citizens from teaching or learning or training with firearms. Because remember, the teaching is all banned too. Any kind of self-defense training is banned. Any kind of... um, self-defense training you whatever martial art whatever you want it's all banned because that could potentially be used against um somebody trying to confiscate your guns that's how insane this legislation is so again i'll read this again and forbid their citizens from teaching or learning or training with firearms or any other method of physical force which can be used to hurt or kill someone uh, think karate, ju- judo, jiu-jitsu, boxing, etc. They want Virginia's disarmed and ignorant. Virginia has 95 counties. Of those, at least 75 have passed Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions. Because this is only coming from a very small uh, part of the state. This is where you've got all the high-level um, evil, wicked politicians and uh, liberals living, essentially. So this is not indicative of the vast majority of the state from a from a land, you know, if if you look at it from a um, land mass re, um, uh, land mass aspect. Of those, at least seventy five have passed Second Amendment sanctuary resolutions saying they will protect uh, citizens' Second Amendment rights. Some counties have also passed resolutions calling up their local militias. The unorganized militia consists of all able bodied males from the age of 16 to 45 some states also include females hearing of these resolutions the governor apparently realizes if he and his democratic legislature actually try this there will be widespread resistance so he apparently has it in his head that he will use whatever force to achieve whatever he wants and possibly send the virginia national guard to to forcibly take the guns if the situation were to come to that, the governor seems to think the citizens will need to cut off, will need to be cut off from their electric telephones, faxes, cell phones, cellular data, and internet. Yeah, because they don't want anyone know. They don't want anyone coming to your aid. They they don't want any kind of heads up. They want you to be in as dark, in the dark as possible, literally and figuratively. Um. So they they cannot tell what's taking place and cannot call other citizens for help in a wednesday meeting with reporters northrum offered a veiled threat to sanctuary jurisdictions that have promised to not enforce unconstitutional laws stating quote quote and this is from that baby butcher devil northrum will kill kill the baby once it's delivered northrum okay if we have constitutional laws on the books and law enforcement officers are not enforcing those laws on the books then they are going to be consequences some consequences so and it doesn't matter if it's an unjust law okay it doesn't matter and again it's like where do we end up drawing the line on this you know they're they're just going to legislate eventually where you know you have to worship satan where, where do we draw the line you know Northam's allies in Richmond have proposed firearm confiscation legislation that would prohibit the sale and possession of commonly owned semi-automatic firearms like ar-15s the governor has stated that he intends to push legislation that would ban firearms, but grandfather 
possession by gun owners who registered their firearms with the government. <laughs> oh, gee, thank you. Again, confiscation always, I mean, registration always precedes confiscation, which precedes annihilation. And usually the, the um, confiscation and the annihilation occur at the same time. Okay, so that that would be like they're, um, you know, trying to placate some people saying, well, as long as you register your firearms, we'll let you grandfather that in. Northam's attempt to portray his Bloomberg-sponsored gun ban as constitutional is absurd and transparent attempt to forestall the surging Virginia grassroots gun right movement. Virginia's gun owners have every reason to take defensive action against Northrop Northam and Bloomberg's unconstitutional control agenda. All Virginia gun owners must organize to fight against unconstitutional Bloomberg-backed gun control in Old Dominion. Please contact government Governor Northam and let him know you oppose his unconstitutional gun control measures. Uh, you can contact this devil at 804-786-2211. Uh, you know, I honestly think, you know, that's probably, you know, probably a waste of time, but you know and then they say stay tuned uh to for updates in the meantime please sign up and volunteer to help defeat northam and bloomberg's gun control and i give you links to these to the websites here that are doing this i always try to be proactive in what we're talking about as well not only prayer and fast and things of this nature but also proactive things you can do so i give you those links here uh, you can prepare for the coming troubles by making sure you have the following body armor and emergency generator for elect. And again, I'm not saying that you have to, this is what the guy that's writing the article says. Emergency generator for electric, emergency fuel for the generator, emergency heat, communications gear, etc. Okay, so um, I'm going to go ahead and end part one here and we will go to part two next. So God bless you and see you in part two. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.